The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And Jesus said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise well, good morning. It's good, it's good to be with you. I come from Coal Camp, Missouri. May, you may not have heard of a town of 1,000, and I am delighted to be here. A little bit about me, I want to share a few of the various callings that are placed on my heart to give you a sense of who I am and what I bring. Um, first and foremost right now, I'm a mother, mother to two eight- and six-year-olds, and so both of them help me see the small things in life. They encourage me to pay attention and slow down. I'm also a pastor, been serving in the ELCA for over, just over 11 years now, and also being a pastor, you are in seasons of small things quite often as well, and encouraged to pay attention to how God is at work and where small glimpses of grace are popping out in the world. And then as Pastor Amy said, I'm also a writer, and in writing, I am able to use words to grasp the, the unknowable, the, the, the confusing, the mystery of God's grace and try to wrestle with it and put it into words so that others can be reminded of God's grace and that they're not alone, especially for mothers. And one last bit of information about who I am and what I bring to you is that I'm a walker. And so walking is a way that I do one small step after another, putting one foot in front of the other whether it's walking through pain or the unknown, one step in front of the other, most days is one of the most holy prayers that I know to offer. And so this morning, as we were hearing over and over again, right, Jesus said, and again, this is the kingdom of heaven and what the reign of God will look like on earth. Mustard seeds, yeast, pearls, treasures, I wanted to, to focus in on the small 
aspect of that mustard seed. The small things, the small seeds that are within us, before us, and around us. Because we know as, as people who gather week after week as Christians to proclaim that Jesus is our Savior, that Jesus has lived and died and rose again and will come again, that it's in the small daily acts of rising and dying that this our faith, the crux of our faith lives. And sometimes that's the small thing of saying good morning. Sometimes it's the small thing of getting out of bed, making the phone call, connecting with somebody who has hurt you. Sometimes it's a small thing of just drinking the water, the small thing of reaching out to somebody, a hello, a line of scripture that's stuck in your head, a phone call. The small things, step by step, lead us to seeing God's kingdom around us. When I was 21 or so, graduated college, two months after I walked and received my diploma, I took an airplane and headed to West Africa. I was in the Peace Corps. And so think about if you had a child who went away for two years, communication was not as it is now. I see Peace Corps volunteers who have their cell phones and are able to really connect with their family when they're away. I didn't have that. I, had, I did have a cell phone that worked miles away from where I was living in the middle of the country, had to stand in just the right place, the right time to be able to connect to my parents. But I did get to connect with them occasionally. And so I want to think, I want to ask you, if you had somebody, a child or a friend who was overseas, what is the one thing you would say to them every time you got to talk to them? I love you. What else? How are, what was that? How are you? Say it again. I miss you. Yep. Be safe. Yep. Those are great. I think my parents did tell me that. The thing that my father, who is no longer living, would say to me every single time he talked to me on the phone, and, in, and I know joke, every letter he wrote to me, he would say, make sure you wear your boots. <laughs> make sure you wear your boots. Smart. It's smart, right? Well, the, the thing about it is I lived in a country in the, in the Gambia, so it was hot all year. So I had my boots that I brought. Do you think I wore them a lot? No. I did not wear them very often. And yet I would tell my dad, yes, dad, I will wear my boots. But in that small phrase, because it's a small thing, right? To connect with your daughter, to be worried about her, to believe, though, in the work that I was doing overseas, in the growth that was happening in me, that was what he could offer. Make sure you wear your boots. And I hear that phrase, and I think under the layers, the small thing and the message that comes with that, make sure you wear your boots, is make sure that you remember that you're not alone, that I'm connected to you. I'm praying and hoping and channeling all of my energy into your safety for those two years. But I also know, my dad knew that I was so many thousands of miles away. He couldn't protect me as he had those 20 some years beforehand. He knew the heart of what it is to live this life 
this life and this life of faith is that it's hard, that it's challenging, that there's times when you can barely speak, when you don't know which way to go. There's times when you fall on your knees because there is no other understanding of how to move forward. Be sure to wear your boots. Remember, I love you, I'm with you, but I know you're not alone. So the thing about it too, so my dad would tell me, watch out for snakes, watch out for the hippos, and make sure you wear your boots every time. And so, as I shared, my dad died a handful of years ago, and I still hear that advice. Because as a faithful, faithful person, my dad knew that a life of Christ requires us to, to sort of lace up, to go into the world, to know that we're going to be sometimes in places where it feels like we're alone, where everything is against us, where you make a decision, you feel like you're on the right path, following where God has called you, where your gifts have aligned, and yet you feel alone, uncertain, but remember to wear your boots. I am with you. God is with you in the muck and the pain and the challenges of the life that is before you. Remember to wear your boots. And that small phrase has stayed with me. A few words, and yet they have grown and grown as I moved out of living in West Africa, as I went to seminary, as I got married, as I served in a church, as I had children of my own, as my father died. Remember to wear your boots. Fear not, you are not alone. Those small words then have grown. Just like that small mustard seed, those words have taken root in me in a way that my father probably had no idea. He would laugh, I would laugh every time he said them, and yet they have taken root. They remind me as I gather in community to be among God's people that it can be messy that we can make mistakes, that I make mistakes, and that we can gather together under the bread and the wine, receive it, that we can gather with the water of baptism that pours and claims us all, that we can gather and be reminded that God is with us. Small words that can take root. And I wonder what those words are in your lives. Perhaps it was a pastor as a young child, you heard some words in confirmation class or even just from the pulpit, words that just stuck with you. Maybe it was the teacher that saw something in you, the gift of writing, the gift of art, the gift of science, and said, why don't you keep doing that? Small words that took root. Maybe it was the friend who saw the behavior that you were doing, the addiction that was claiming your life and said, hey, Let's get some help together. Small words that can take root to bring hope and healing. Week after week, we gather to hear these small words. We hear the words offered from the pastor, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you, in you. 
Every week at communion, you hear the words take and eat. Small words that take root. And over and over again, we hear the words, you are loved. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. And so as you go out into this world that is messy and full of pain, whether you're dealing with your own sickness or diagnosis or a recent loss, whether you're unsure about what's to come and what's next, may you remember to wear your boots, but also more importantly, remember that you are loved and God goes with you. Amen.